It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm just going to assume this recording is fine. If anyone can hear our voices, we've successfully uploaded a podcast. I'm Scott Hilford. This is Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. And also, this is the Untitled Butter Podcast, where we ask people for whatever they'd like us to talk about. Now, there's all sorts of things doing the rounds in gaming, from various state of plays, the, the GTA 5 getting an update, which is kind of an update, but kind of just the same game. Again, mm-hmm. if you'd like mm-hmm. a shinier version of GTA 5. Um, so we'll I mean, it's, not, many... it's nine years, ten years old now, isn't it? So it's like, it's, yeah, it's almost a decade old. I mean, I picked <laughs> yeah. it up because I'm literally just ill, but I had to know what the crack was with it. So I did pick it up and we did get a question about it. So we'll get to GTA 5 things in due time. Cool. But the opening question from Willie Araya, who says, which is better, Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past? Link to the past for them. That's an interesting. Wait a minute. Wait. So, so you just you're just gonna ignore Majora's Mask being in that? Like <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like a weighted conversation. That, See, I do. It? Kind of like. So what's the what's the best thing? It's like oh, do you want uh uh being stabbed in the chest or being hit in the head with a brick? Uh, not gonna choose the I'm actually gonna be okay option because it's not been offered to me. I love the Ocarina of Time was being stabbed in the chest. That Link Listen, the man. Like I'm I'm just I'm just saying I played a lot of Ocarina of Time, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna be one of those guys and say that my favorite experience with Ocarina of Time has been on the 3DS. That is the best version really? of it that's the best version of ocarina of time that's interesting yeah. but to be fair i've never played the n64 one i can't i came in on the, on the 3ds one because i never had an n64 yeah. back then yeah. so yeah i played like ocarina on the on the 3ds and uh, majora's i can't get away with at all so like that's i try we that. don't like it you no don't like i just it. i think it feels really like messy and like i just it feels like someone it was I know made that, like, in a year mate well there you go but that's the thing it feels like you someone <laughs> took ocarina and like fan modded it and it's just like it doesn't feel like a full intentional game at all it is for it's, the, it's, it's, the one, it's the one with the most emotional heft in any flipping <laughs> Zelda game. Nearly is swore it? there, nearly swore. I didn't I, didn't, I got like, too irate. I was there's like a giant moon, which is cool. And I played like a few hours of it, but I was like, what am I even doing? I'm I was sorry, like, mate. No, I, I, I can't I let you get away with this. I can't let you get away with just saying there's a giant moon and it's cool. Like that's just like <laughs> that's like uh, boiling down uh the Homer's Odyssey to oh, it was a bit of a, a bit of a trip. But Jorah's trip is not Homer's Odyssey. I mean maybe it's it a Homer's Odyssey of video games, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> my thing with that is just that I have a personal uh hatred of time loop stuff because it is my I've, I've mentioned this mm. when when it was year mm-hmm. of the of the time loop last like, year. You you don't like Death Loop. Do you? No, no, I don't like Deathloop. And twelve minutes was a complete Wait, mess. Wait, does I, that mean you don't like um, Dead Rising? Uh, I quite like the first Dead Rising. Yeah, was, oh, that wasn't the time you, loop, That was that was like well, multiple it, days. Yeah, you'd of. run out of time, wouldn't you? And it would be yeah, like, it, yeah, I guess yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't put you back into it. You just would have a set amount of time. I if guess Dead Rising different. was resetting, and I was fighting the same stuff over and over again. Then yeah, I would, oh, I would get sick of that. Yeah. But my, that's my thing. I have a whole thing about checkpointing in games, and if you're making that an actual mechanic, so I have to redo stuff and be like, oh well, if you change this, then this thing changes, but everything else you've got to do again. Like no, you never. didn't like Returnal because of that, did you? No, well Returnal just kicked me. <laughs> 
into a fine place and I despise that game. Oh my God. They, I realized that I have a personal hatred for it. It's like someone personally slapped me in the motion. I'm just, I can't. It's so weird it. because it's like, you're the one person in the lineup. You know, when they say like, uh, nine out of 10 doctors recommends like brushing your teeth all day. And then it's just you at the back with your manky teeth just going, so, like, no. nah, eat sugar, eat sugar. <laughs> yeah, my whole thing. Um, yeah, but that's my overall thing with time loop stuff. And um, we didn't even remotely answer the question yet. I would say, um, <laughs> I would say, oh God, I don't know. I love Link to the Past, but Ocarina, like overall, is a bigger deal. But Link to the Past, I yeah. love the fact that, um, well, it depends what kind of style of Zelda you want. Where, where do you come down on it? So, you know, when we were like talking ages ago about like what makes good game design, and mm. I was saying that it's like the principle is, is that the simpler that you make your game, the easier you make it to understand, mm. the less problems that you have inherently with it, it is by theory a better game. Like right. it, as stupid like as Pong. it might sound, like Pong is the ultimate game because it literally <laughs> has no other options. It is what it is. And it does that thing perfectly. Mm. That is the perfect game. Right. But with that in mind, I think that because of the fact that uh, Link to the Past had less going on, but mm. was still advancing the formula beyond what the original Zelda was, I do think that that is a spectacular game. Like mm. everything works in it. Everything mm. feels right. Everything is just polished to a brilliantly shining degree. Mm. Ocarina of Time reinvents the mold and mm. that's why that's great it was the first to do so many things it was the first to embrace like 3d targeting like z targeting mm. whatever you want to call it like yeah. there's there's so much that that game does right because it was the first to do it and it kind of perfected it in its first go mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say overall that that package left me feeling as emotionally satisfied as links in the past did because i just i don't know maybe it's because of the time i played it maybe because it's like more of a i was a younger kid Mm -hmm. And this was so breathtaking. And then to go to Ocarina of Time when I was a teenager with the jaded reality that was setting in, <laughs> maybe kind of took it away for a bit. Well, my That's world, my life's in 3D. They're both like 10 out of 10 games, yeah. but it's just hard to say what, which is better. It's just that gut feeling. And my gut mm -hmm. feeling is telling me that the 2D version I had the most fun with. Oh, there, there is a purity to Link to the Past. The thing with me is that Link to the Past, I don't like the Shadow World stuff. I don't like when it like it, everything inverts in me. Yeah, yeah, you play as like this weird other version of Link. I just don't really enjoy that stuff. Whereas in Ocarina of Time, the thing that elevates it for me is like the fact that he messes up at the beginning and accidentally yeah. causes the doom of the entire realm. And then you've got to try and Mate, save that. I love that. I, can't, setup. I think it's from a H-Bomber guy. I've been watching mm. a lot of his uh, videos recently. And mm. he explains that um, when you exit the Temple of Time for the first time, when you've absolutely royally messed things up and it's just no music, yes. no nothing, Hyrule Town is done. And you're yeah. just like, uh, oops. <laughs> oopsie and it's like all your fault as well which i think is like yeah. a really cool setup for a game that i've really barely ever seen done again shadow of the tomb raider tried it where she messes up at the beginning but it's like mm -hmm. it's rare um i might well, they don't like having there. heroes fail do they they, don't, no. they they like having heroes fail forward but this mm -hmm. one is kind of like no no you messed up you made yeah. this like a horrible situation it's like oh okay i'm gonna have to live with that they, <laughs> most people want their players to be like oh you know he's the best ever you can't ever do wrong when you play it as Nathan Drake. Also, like most of the time, they fail at the start of the third act. It's like it's right on the on yeah. the money, especially in movies yeah. and stuff. But yeah, um, I'll go Ocarina because um, I think I like how much like it literally brought another dimension to gaming, the Z targeting mm -hmm. stuff. But I love I like the story push in that a bit more than the overall of Link to the Past. Even though, like mm -hmm. we're saying, it's like splitting hairs. They're very very close. It is one of the biggest debates in gaming history. Um, I mean, like the yeah. bottom line is playing both. <laughs> yes, yeah, literally just playing both. They're both available now. Link to the Past and Ocarina both on the Switch. Um, next question from Schmanz Schmilliamson 
Jason, who says, what's your fave game with the most disappointing story? Mine is the Resident Evil series. I'll buy into nonsense, but their story is always held together by duct tape and bubble gum. You know what? You, Yours has gone silent I was, <laughs> I was, I was going to jump to its defense, but when you actually put it onto paper, um, mm. there is... It's because of the fact that it's when you get to um, video games, they've got to draw out their story to the length yeah. of 30 to 40 hours. And there's only so many times you can say, oh, Umbrella done did a bad <laughs> thing. It's like, oh, now it's My thing is like, I, I really, really, really hated Resident Evil 8 Village's story. I, I just thought that was massively yeah. disappointing considering- I'm how actually much... yet to play it. I don't know what happens. Oh, okay. I've, do... I've actually kept away from it because of the fact that, not just because I'm trying to avoid spoilers, just mm. because I am going to play it at some point. So I'm cool. just like, yeah. It still plays incredibly well. Like JB and, and uh, Ben Roy really liked it, but it's like, I just couldn't get away with like the, the, the answers that they have for the mystery they set up as to why Chris is doing what he's doing and what's really going mm -hmm. on, etc. Um, I just thought it was terrible. And I know that they've had stupid stuff in the past, like punching bowlers and everything, but it was just this thing of like, you're hanging the whole game on this, like really? And yeah, mm -hmm. I, just, I just was like, oh, you, guys, you can do better than this. Um, but it does play <laughs> incredibly well. Um, my one would just be um, Death Stranding because I absolutely adored playing through Death Stranding, but by the end of it, it, it completely completely fell apart um and yeah. just all the stuff with i'm mario and your princess beach and like let's run in slow motion and <laughs> what are we doing? the day that that happened i just remember you coming <laughs> so in broken. the next day into the office you put your bag down and you were just like you look broken and i was like went around the corner <laughs> we had a little coffee and i was like a little tea and i was like you're right mate he's like oh let's just I just need a moment. And I was like, okay, fine. So we went down and you explained to me. I was like, I was like, is everything all right? Maybe something's happening in his mm. real life. It's like, no, no, no. I've just been playing a lot of Death Stranding. No, just too much Kojima. Too much. And we and I was like, you were like, are you gonna play it? And I was like, I am, but I want to hear this now. And then you were like told to me, and I was like, no, 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 you're joking. This isn't real, right? This, this did, did not happen. We did that uh, chatty face thing as well, which I forget the name of the, the title we went with, but it was something about which game were you embarrassed that you cared about or something like that. And that yeah chatty was recorded in that energy of me going i need to i need to get this out because the whole i mean like, again i'll not do too many spoilers but the fact that the character called cliff is because he <laughs> one day you saved me from going over that cliff and it's just like brilliant <laughs> what 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 are we even doing kojima Hot, like all the um what's he called die hardman whose real name is john mcclain like that's die hardman is still the best day man it's still <sighs> the best day so yeah I, mine was is definitely death strategy do you have a, a favorite game with a terrible story Favorite game with the terribles? Uh, oh, I would say that. Um, I feel like most of the time okay. you know what you're in for, but yeah. You know, I, there was one that I was supremely disappointed by because it didn't deliver on its story. Mm. Would that count? As this? Oh yeah, uh, that'd, be, that'd be we happy. Disappointed, few. mate. You you let the let, let the world know. Let the world know. Let the world know. Um, <laughs> I, it was a we happy Love. view for me. I I, would, I just thought I was sold on the premise of this being Bioshock in England. And I was mm. like, yeah, man, I'm very keen on this. And all of the uh, intro sequence that you have with you, like forgetting to take your joy or choosing not to take your joy and the whole world crumbling around you. I was like, oh, this is going to be brilliant. This is going to like, you're going to be like uh, leading a revolution and, and making people wake up to this thing. And then it goes, nah, it's actually just a survival game. Mate. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and any of the, uh, the plot centric stuff, we're just going to deliver by uh, characters so far forgettable you'll literally not have a clue what's going on what by the end the, of things they like overhauled it as well like we happy few when it launched was like the it was like 45 minutes in that opening area and then they yeah, went back and yeah. they're like oh we're going to overhaul stuff yeah. so everything starts yeah. faster but then it took like two years and by the time it came out yeah. no one cared 
Well, the thing is that they actually released some DLC, which uh, was substantially better than the main game because mm. it allowed you to look at things from different perspectives. So you had like a police officer who was then becoming aware of what they were doing was wrong. Mm. There was a musician who was like a uh, part of the regime that was there, who then again becomes like uh, more aware of the revolution. And I was right. like, these stories here, if the game was told as mini snippet, hour to two hour long stories, like Canterbury Tales Me with like five or six of yeah. these stories yeah. about these people, I would think that that was an amazing game. Game. Mm-hmm. But no, we got a survival don't starve a thon where it's just like, oh, cool. I love fishing through bins for candy. Yay. It's like, I remember, dude, like the opening of that thing where it's all very like corridor, corridor based in the town, but it was yeah. all really basic layouts. And I was just like, what the hell is this? The amount of momentum behind that just went nowhere. Like it looked so there's, cool. There's a great idea in there waiting mm. to just be like cracked open. And, the, and unless you buy the DLC, you're not going to get it. Right. Yeah. Uh, next question from the gaming PT, who says, with the releases of Horizon Gran Turismo 7 and Elden Ring, three stellar game of the year worthy mm-hmm. games, um, mm-hmm. have all of them really reinvented the wheel or are all three just really well-defined, true and trusted formulas that worked well in the past? Will we see any new game genre anytime soon? Reinventing the wheel? Gran Turismo reinvented four of them. <laughs> More doors or wheels in Gran Turismo 7, which is the meme of the week. Now, I've not actually played Gran Turismo 7, if I'm honest, but I have seen a lot of the reviews coming out and people saying that it is a spectacular racing game. Um, I don't know if you can say that it reinvents the wheel uh, because, I mean, how do you do racing better than has already been done? I mean, if you're Mm. reinventing racing games, I'd say that a reinvention is something like when uh, Mario Kart 7 became Mario Kart 8 and gave us the anti-grav stuff. That's a reinvention of the formula. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is just like you're perfecting a formula that already exists. So I'd say that... No, that hasn't reinvented the wheel. Um, no, well, I mean, my thing is like Horizon is just more Horizon. It's like a refined version mm-hmm, of it. Gran mm-hmm. Turismo, more Gran Turismo, nice and smooth, whatever. Um, with horrible microtransactions. Currently getting review bombed as we record this because um, they've done a new update with more microtransaction stuff. Wait, wait which one? Which game? Gran Turismo. It's just. I oh, mean, really? Oh, yeah, okay. they they have Didn't a whole thing where you can just um, pay real money to get in-game credits and then go buy the car that you might otherwise want to build up to and unlock. And because oh, they're already the whole- charging seventy pounds for it, it's a really bad look. That's really bad because the whole point is, is that like that is that game's pay to win effectively because <laughs> yep. the cars are still they are definitely better than other cars. Oh, dude, totally. Like, there's the, if you have enough money, you can just just cough up the cash, cough all the way to the top if you want uh, for Gran Turismo. Oh, but man. I think there'll be a massive backlash considering the last Sony microtransaction thing was Destruction All Stars, where they tried to charge in-game everything. Currency. For the for story, and it was terrible. Yeah. However, for this story, uh, for the sorry, for this question, um, Elden Ring, I do think is well, it's weird. I think Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild and Pray for the Gods and Immortals: Phoenix Rising are representative of a new open world genre, a new type of open world genre, especially in Elden Ring's case, where all I, these, you know, narrative loops, story loops, character loops, yeah, loops yeah, come together on their own, and it's less about icons and it's more about things just happening over time. I feel like this barren approach to stuff is the new open world genre. Yes, I think that you are correct in that the open world genre was in need of a big shakeup. Mm. I hated just opening a map and having everything uh, telling me where to go and pointing me in a direction. And while Elden Ring does have that, the bot, the uh, the uh, the graces, uh, sorry, so yeah. grace showing you roughly where to go. That's more of a gist. They're just saying like that. There's something over there that mm-hmm. we're not going to tell you what it is. Um, I don't think that necessarily, I'm still super hyped on, on Elden Ring, by the way. I'm playing it every chance that I get. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that it's like reinventing anything because like you say, Breath of the Wild already did that years prior. That is kind of. effectively emulating that in a Dark Souls skin. And it has if more we're being truly stuff. honest, yeah. yeah, there's more story stuff. It allows you to understand things a lot more. I mean, it's, mm. the, it's the most easily 
understood Dark Souls-esque experience. <laughs> yeah. But it is effectively just Dark Souls 4. Like, if yes. we're being honest, like, all of the animations, all of the way that the game plays, all of mm-hmm. the, like, the elements to it are just expanded upon. It's the best, greatest hits of From Software's back catalogue. And that is no, by no means a bad thing. But uh, to say that it reinvented it, it's just... It's hard because I feel like I'm going back on things that I felt immediately. I felt like it was a reinvention, but now mm. I'm getting more and more into it. And more I'm seeing like, oh, this is just the best that an open world game can be. It's mm-hmm. what it should be. And as such, it's hard to say, is that moving it along? Mm-hmm. Or is it, again, just polishing an already existing formula that somebody else has introduced? It like is... Breath of the World, that's a revolutionary game yes. for the Zelda series and for how open worlds were produced. But yes. Well, that was like a massive touchstone in 2017 that the likes of Elden Ring then took directly from. So like, I guess, yeah, you can point mm. to Breath of the Wild as the real um, turning point. The OG. The OG for the new open world uh, feel. But yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the thing I was going to circle back around to because I think Elden Ring's open world systems are, they do feel fr- fresh. They do feel new and you can do the story in any order and it'll it'll make itself come together anyway. Characters will reference mm-hmm, each other mm-hmm. depending on different orders. I think that stuff's cool. Um, but gameplay wise, yeah, it, it, it's Dark Souls. Like even the UI is Dark Souls. Like, the the, yeah. the, um, the menu systems, everything. It's it's very, very Dark Souls. And we have no problem with that whatsoever because yeah. it is great. <laughs> it's all solid enough. But I think in regards yeah. to it being... The bankability side of it um yeah they almost had to be bankable in that regard because the open world stuff was going to be so barren so crazy um and so um up, up to you to find the rest of the game so mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. I, I mean that's the thing the last new genre was the battle royale which like i guess was sort of PUBG, fortnite um yeah it really was gonna last there was sorry, the there was, since then. there was the asymmetrical multiplayer uh when mm-hmm. evolve and that lot came out and obviously mm-hmm. fable heroes was that the one that got cancelled uh, that yeah, was meant that to come out there was like metal gear solid 4 had it where one person plays as snake everyone else plays as gods yeah. and like yeah, there's other like some newer stuff like friday the 13th or the predator game and things like that but they oh, do you remember the one from uh, splinter cell oh that was like, incredible that was, that was amazing yeah, yeah. They should bring, spies, but the, oh my god! Of all the things they've done to bring back Splinter Cell, oh, he's a Netflix show, and he has all this stuff. Yeah. No, do spies, spies versus mercs, free to play, and do the monetization yeah. pro- properly. Don't get all crazy with it. That would bring that back in a heartbeat. Like it's just yeah, hundred percent, it would. Hundred percent, it would. Um, next question from Macalester NYC with the Oscars 2022 right around the corner wondering if we had any hopes for winners just curious have an awesome weekend now me and you both said before recording that we <laughs> are barely following films these days I'll tell you what I don't know why but like it's just because I don't do that I don't do as much work for um, uh, the main channel or the mm. film channel as most people will know it as uh, so I, I haven't actually had enough time to sit down and watch most of these Oscar mm-hmm. films like don't get me wrong I want to do this but it's just the hectic life of a 30 something year old means there's always some <laughs> busy work to do like, I'm literally an NPC to my own life at the moment I'm just doing fetch quests all the bloody time gardening so- is the final boss with infinite phases Mate, look look forward to my summer because we have just finished the garden. We're putting oh. in plants now. They're going to be blooming over the sun. I'm going to be blooming, spending most of my time looking after them. It's, I've it's got, uh, there's a heap of weeds I can see. We're literally just talking about gardening now, but I can see a whole that's bunch of weeds so coming in. And, and I know that's going to take up my time. So I'm just looking away from them at this point. It's gonna, That'll be my summer. It's just doing gardening stuff. Summer Scots. Yeah, it's, you've got to take care of them. But um, in regards to the Oscar stuff, um, I looked at the list of the uh, nominations for Best Picture. I've only seen two so far. Um, I really want okay. to see Belfast. Um, because I like Kenneth Branagh and I like the idea of him doing like a bio- biographical thing. Um, but I've yeah. seen Dune. <clears throat> Dune didn't blow me away, to be honest. I thought it was barely a story because you could tell that they cut it in half. 
Um, the thing that I really like was Power of the Dog, um, which I know has already won. Um, I forget what it won the other week. Um, but I really like Power of the Dog, different reinterpretation of what a cowboy story can yep. be. And I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Um, and I think that that might be the thing that goes all the way to the top. Um, but I can't speak to the rest of them. So, yeah, I would definitely say I've, go check out Power of the Dog. But that's all I can recommend. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I can also recommend Don't Look Up as well. I enjoyed mm. that a lot. I thought oh, that was that really, really oh, good. Yeah, that is nominated. But then I, I think that the one for me is going to be Licorice Pizza. I haven't watched it yet it's for me and um, that, Kerry yeah. are sitting down, but it's just because it's Wes Anderson, isn't it? And like everything that he it's, puts um, out is just... It's Paul Anderson. It's the... Oh, Paul Anderson. Sorry, Wes yeah. Anderson. The, the, the other yeah. filmic Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so uh, it's going to be a fantastic ride, that one. Yeah. That's, um, that seems to be like a whole teenage coming of age thing too. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to check that out. Basically, we have a lot of stuff to do when it comes to the Oscars. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We've been prioritizing the Elden Ring. It just takes over everything. Um, yeah, how many hours have you put in, by the way? Oh, I'm on, um, oh my God, hour-wise, I think I'm on 50. I'm level 71. So, okay, because um, yeah. I was looking through my friends list the other day and I was like, you know, just go see through like 30 yeah. hours, 40 hours, 50 hours. One of my friends who I will not name <laughs> hitting the classic 97.8 hours already. Nice. And I'm just like, fair play. That I'm is all sure. you've done. I think Josh is over 100 at this point. Um, no. He's like, he his level is over 100 because he's got, um, every time he has to level up again, it's like, a, it's 120,000 souls he needs to get up again. Oh, oh my so it's, goodness. He's, he's just, I mean, you talk about living on a game, like he's 50 hours ahead of me. Like it's, yeah, he's, uh, he's fine. So he's telling you about stuff that it's just, you all have no comprehension <laughs> of like, what, what is going on here? Yeah, I keep asking, going like, have you found the credits yet? Is there, is there an end point to this? But it just keeps <laughs> going. I think, yeah, at some point we'll eventually cross the finish line, but um, we've got more Elden Ring questions coming anyway. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But anyway, next question from Pinky, who says GTA 5's graphical upgrades are impressive. Driving and shooting feels smoother and more precise than ever, thanks to the 60 frames a second and the DualSense stuff. Just don't expect any new story beats or gameplay loops. Thoughts. Now, I mentioned this at the start. 
I picked this up. I played it last night. Mm-hmm. It, it it is just GTA Five again. Like it's yeah, it's nigh on Big the version. Shock. That you're, yeah, exactly. It's like it's nigh on the the version that your mind has has upgraded in your mind anyway. So it's fine. It's kind. It's it's solid. I realized that I despise the way Rockstar characters move in 2022. Like going getting them through so a doorway, sludgy. mate. That's the best thing, isn't it? It's just, just like yeah. get around the corner. It's like it's less <laughs> like a movement system and just like trying to convince someone to go somewhere. It's like, can you go over there, please? Which is why I don't understand because Max Payne 3 had near perfect movement yeah. with that same character rigging that they had. I mean, yeah. admittedly, you can't have like the bullet time slow motion dive in stuff mm. in there. Like, I mean, you could have and it'd be an amazing game, mm-hmm. but like getting him around felt fine. <laughs> Whereas every time I play like GTA, it's like you press back and you want to t- turn them around. They go in like a weird <laughs> semicircle that sometimes makes them run off things. You're just like, I'm on a ledge. I just need you to turn around, yeah. not just go, wait. I, like, I was doing it, um, the opening of it last night and uh, it's just so sludgy and slow and I know mm. that it's because they want it to feel filmic they want it to feel like these are people that you're controlling but I am a stickler for animation priority like if I tell a character to do something I, I want them to do the thing I'm telling yeah. them I don't need them to finish another animation first or whatever so yeah my that, that's got nothing to do with the, the upgrade side of it because that would have been an issue in 2013 but um, yeah I mean the thing is I can speak to because um, there's three graphics modes I was playing on performance ray tracing so mm-hmm. it is nice and smooth um, and I do think that when you drive at top speed if you like at the very beginning when you get one of the sports cars when you're playing as Franklin um, that is a real showcase of just flying through the city. The draw distance is insane and everything just looks gorgeous. And it's like, okay, this is a nice upgrade. Um, yeah. But you you get most of that playing the original anyway. I mean, I know the upgrades are only about eight, nine pounds right now for the next couple of months. Yeah. So if you can spend the money and you love GTA, then it's worth diving in. But it's literally- It's a bit cheeky charging for it, isn't it? I think. A little like- bit, yeah. I think it's because I guess they've gone, I mean, they know that they can, I guess, is one side Yeah, they get, yeah. I mean, they um, proved with the definitive edition of the uh, yeah. original trilogy that they're just like, yeah, well, people are going to buy anything. That's well, the thing title is, like, there's been tons of uh, premium editions and like here's a version mm-hmm. of GTA 5 with some extra shark cards and all that kind of stuff. And um, they've made GTA Online a separate executable that's uh, free. So you can go play. Actually, that's the thing. If you want to go just see what this game runs like, go get GTA Online. Um, you yeah, can get a sure. feel for it there. Um, but again, I'm head mad and needed to see what the actual story thing was. So I dove into that. So it's fine. It's GTA 5. It's kind of what you thought um, for the most part. <laughs> Next question from Jack Asbury. Now, you'd ask people what their favorite Pokemon were. So yes, he, I says, did. he says Torterra, which is a hell of a show. He says a big turtle with a whole forest on its back. It's the one from the end of Detective Pikachu. If you've seen that. I love it because it's like <laughs> it's the combination then of like the argument over which is better, Ivysaur or sorry, Venusaur and Blastoise. You just mm. get a combination of both. Done. Mm-hmm, Easy mm-hmm. peasy. I mean, things a giant Pokemon like the whole Gigantamax thing they did in Sword and Shield. I don't need my Pokemon being Kaiju, even though they are. That's fine, but I like the I like the scale of Pokemon. If they were if they were all giant, <clears throat> it gets weird. Yeah, yeah, it does get a bit weird. I mean, like <coughs> Snorlax is already a big boy, so if you then <laughs> bigger the big boy, then it's just like he's just a huge lad, and it's just like, wow, what's going on here, man? That's I feel like just I need, calm down. I need a Snorlax. I need a Charizard. I need some big boys, and then they can be big boys, and everyone else can stay low. Plus, there are just some. Uh, there are some. Uh, Pokemon that are terrifying if you gigamax them. I mean, like, imagine doing it to that, uh, imagine doing it to a muck. Like, just like, oh my, like, whoa, chill out, mate. It's the thing that ate everyone, stupid. It's one of those anything, moments. Anything with a giant face, like a giant ghastly or something, just be a humongous demon face. I'm just, mate, I've just thought you. of something. Mm-hmm. You've got the, you've got the, uh, the start of a very dark and gritty Pokemon tale that riffs off of the uh, Marvel's Civil War arc, right? Yes, Bear with yes. me on this one. Okay. Somebody, a Pokemon terrorist, let's call it, right? Gets a load of Voltorbs or electrodes, okay. and he and he gigamaxes them, and they self destruct, and they obliterate entire areas. <laughs> and it's like what? And then the Pokemon are like, should these Pokemon be banned? Is it okay to use them in this form? Whoa! That's the, that's the story. The, that's the 
that's the brutal, mature version of Pokemon that maybe Detective Pikachu will get to eventually. Um, <laughs> speaking of mature things, this is a hell of a swerve for Jack Asbury. Went from uh, favorite Pokemon um, to the topic of the time as of last night, thanks to the state of play showing off various bits of footage for the new Hogwarts Legacy game. Um, mm -hmm. Asbury also says, uh, my question is, am I a bad person for wanting to buy Hogwarts Legacy when it comes out all the different things that J.K. Rowling has said in the past? Uh, right. We also right, had, yeah, just yeah. to throw another side of this in, uh, PG Quip saying Harry Potter Legacy gameplay just dropped and it's looking very nice, but it's dividing fans. Personally, I'm not going to let one person's view stop me enjoying something. No matter what product I buy, someone nasty will make money somewhere. That's unfortunately just the way it is. What's your thoughts so on this? We at, can break some stuff down. So at, at the moment here, um, is J.K. Rowling still uh, attached to any of the things? Does she have any control or say? I think say she's listed as a Potter producer. IP. Obviously, she's listed anyway in terms of being attached to the IP, but she was on board as a producer at one point. But that, that this could video literally game. just be... Yeah, yeah, but that could literally just be, you know, a credit. Like, I don't think she's right. in the studio or anything. But still, like, if there is any creative sway there and you disagree with her views mm. and, uh, like, uh, then, yeah, you should probably look to avoid that thing. There. It depends. Mm. Like, we go back uh, around this uh, topic quite a lot with can you separate the art from the artist? Are you punishing the game devs who spend a lot of time and work working on something that they truly believe will be a fantastic game mm. that will revitalize the IP and the magic of Harry Potter for new audiences? Mm -hmm. Or... Can you uh, not do that and only see that you're benefiting somebody for some really, really stupid views? Yes. Um, it's a personal quandary that everyone goes through. Like, mm -hmm. I personally am still not playing any Ubisoft games uh, right. since yeah. I've said that I wasn't. I still have. I've committed to that now, and mm -hmm. I just don't want to. I don't want to do that. To be honest, you're um, not really missing out. Far Cry 6? Yeah, well, fine. I, yeah, so this is the thing. I've not really been invested in anything that's come out from them. Uh, mm. But they do raise a good point in that you are always benefiting somebody horrible somewhere down the yeah. line. It's just, but that's not, it's not an excuse. You don't change stuff no. by allowing that to happen. Mm -hmm. So how do you, um, how do you combat this? How do you take one person's very negative views on a group of people and separate that from something that is about wonder, mystery, and basically connecting people through the power of magic and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know is the answer <laughs> to that. I find that a very confusing thing as well, because I personally don't agree with her. Yeah, obviously. The game looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. So where where do you sit? I don't I don't know. Well, it's a very thing. I mean I yeah it's very hard. I think everyone needs to make their own decision. I I mean I'm the thing is I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so this this doesn't this mm -hmm. particular case doesn't affect me. But as an overall talking point, if something's going to benefit me personally and it doesn't exemplify the views that I disagree with, i.e. in this case, if Hogwarts Legacy. You know, if, if there were transphobic views in the game, then F that game, F those writers, obviously, yeah, yeah, 100%. those things came through, then yes, boycott the game left, right, and center. I personally would look to, um, you know, hopefully the positives that are there in regards to the, the design, the level design, the art design, the people, the developers overall who have put years into this game. Um, and I personally, again, entirely personally, can separate those things and look at the video game and go, okay, is this an enjoyable game? Like I was looking at the footage last night going, this looks great. This looks like another control psyop style, um, you know, physics-based manipulation combat system where you're picking things off the, the walls and throwing them at enemies and yeah. pick dudes off the ground and telekinesis and stuff. And I was like, this is cool. I think that you can be more than an ally for trans people, trans rights without, well, hopefully without, um, meaning that you have to avoid every single product that is associated by proxy with someone who is always going to be attached to this IP. Like, is the entire IP tarnished? Maybe. But at the same yeah. time, there's hopefully positives that you can enjoy in the game. Um, but yeah, I think everyone obviously has to make their own decision. I fully would absolutely respect. I think there's actually quite, uh, there's a great strength in being able to say, this isn't for me and I can stand by it. I think yeah. that's, I absolutely respect that. Personally, if I enjoy something, 
um, franchise-wise or something I'm, something I'm excited for, um, I'll have to just check it out, my own personal curiosity or whatever. Yeah. And I think those things are separate enough, even though, I, like I said, I massively respect anyone who just says, no, I'm voting with my wallet or I'm voting with my views and I'm going to make a point of saying I'm not playing this because I staunchly hate what this represents like that's more than fine yeah i do i do agree because i mean like scott said uh, speaking with your wallets is, is basically the only power we have left as mm-hmm. a consumer in this day and age with every single game that is now loaded with microtransactions where it's being uh, made by ceos and uh, board executives that have no understanding or connection to you as a person mm-hmm. like it's the only power we have now is deciding what we buy rather yeah. than anything else and so by uh denying sales of this that is sending a clear message that you do not support that mm-hmm. and if your reason for doing that is because of jk rowling's misguided views then more credit to you i mean that's the thing as well it's like it's it's really hard as well because i know what pg Crips is getting at in regards to you know if you keep zooming out you'll find something somewhere that you don't agree with whether it's yeah. the amount of game devs that are um that have funding from tencent and they're from china maybe you don't agree with certain policies in china political perspective yeah. whatever it is and there's that stuff there's all the if you like borderlands over the years then you're giving money to bobby kodak who's put money into various different political campaigns that you maybe don't agree with like if you zoom out enough like quip says there's nearly always going to be something um, somewhere someone nasty will be making money somewhere. It's weird because I, I go back and forward on just how much of myself has given up on just, ac- I just accept that stuff. I'm like, yep, someone horrible somewhere is making money off this thing. And even the smartphones that we use, if you trace back where they're made for the most part, um, chances are you wouldn't be okay with how those things are made, the different work practices, the crunch, whatever. There's always going to be something. Um, and again, it's not an excuse. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be talked about. Um, but I almost you know go like, well, I can't change the world but I can enjoy this thing. And is that too selfish? Maybe, but like, it's, I don't know, at some point I, I'm just going to play a video game. Um, and there's, yeah. a na- there's a naivety to that, but there's also an ability to enjoy something, which I'm going to try and chase in a world of sludge. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that there's <laughs> enough uh, grim and darkness in this uh, world that uh, looking for outlets like uh, media film, video mm. games like you can understand why people will look for that escapism yeah. so it's, it's about it's, drawing your own if this provides some escapism and and it doesn't have any of the horrific views that are doing the rounds from the person yeah. who owns the ip itself which even as a blanket statement is a crazy thing to navigate um then maybe you can enjoy this game like i said if any part of that wider feel comes through obviously f this um but i'm personally not a scorched earth person so i'm just i'm not gonna you know i remember being back in school i would hate being put on class detention because one person was being one person a, messed up yeah a-hole. so it's like yeah i that's that's all that's my thing but um any closing thoughts Jules, or should we move on i again i, I can only echo what you're saying it's just mm-hmm. down to the consumer to think about what they want to reflect with their purchases and mm-hmm. uh, if they can separate the the, the uh, art from the artist and they're happy with that or at least they're content to move on with it that's mm-hmm. fine and you shouldn't judge people for doing that but if you aren't and you do want to make a stand by saying that i do not support this uh, and you're highlighting it for the reasons mm-hmm. uh, of trans rights then more power to you so it's yeah. a case of uh, as long as you are happy with the decisions you make then that's mm-hmm. that's all that you can ask from people really isn't it yeah, definitely. And I think uh, hopefully on a long enough timeline, it leads to a better representation, better championing mm-hmm. of trans rights. The fact that this conversation is happening at this level in a massive major blockbuster game is being held up and saying like, is this actually okay? Is a massive advancement in that space anyway? And these conversations are massively valid regardless of where you individually come down on it. So yeah. hopefully things work out in the end, but we'll see. Next question, John from Darren Martin, who says, anyone looking forward to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Keep smashing it, lads. Now, 
You're a Borderlands fan. What do you think? Oh, of the I am, Tina? my friend. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is that like I am so hyped for Tiny Tina's uh, adventure because mm. of the fact that it's Dungeons and Dragons or Bunkers and Badasses in this case. <laughs> it's the Borderlands like coat of paint. It's going to be great fun. And you know what I really appreciate is the fact that there's some throwaway dialogue in this game mm -hmm. that actually explains away a lot of... Um, a lot of issues that I have with player agency and what their characters do in video games, because you know, okay. like sometimes you'll be, you'll be uh, tasked with it, like pop up on your checklist, like go kill all the guards here and break into the bank. Yes. What if you don't want to do that, but the objective is telling you that is how to play the game. It's removing mm -hmm. your agency because you're playing a video game. Mm -hmm. Well, in this thing here, they actually say, oh, well, why wouldn't we just like kill all of these people here and just rob them and do all this <laughs> stuff? It's like, and they just go like, oh, because that's not how our characters are being played. And right. from that exact moment, from that one line of dialogue, you suddenly go, cool, I can buy this. I can buy the fact that I'm being told what to do yeah. or having a sort of leaning because that's what my character the class that I've chosen to play as would do in this situation or my uh, alignment, uh, whatever you would, uh, your moral right. alignment in that sense. See, the thing with this is when they sort of uh, announced it, because it is all like old school fantasy stuff and they seem to, like I've not actually followed that much gameplay of that. I bought Borderlands 3, thought it was solid, but I'm not an overall Borderlands like devotee. Mm, I've not played the mm. Handsome Jack stuff. Um, I didn't play the uh, the other spinoffs that they've done, but I wasn't sure how much they were leaning into the melee stuff. Like if they were going to do more of a, <laughs> not entirely like Godfall, but do a loot system about different types of melee weapons. And does it yeah. feel like it's just more Borderlands in regards to projectile range stuff, or have they done more in range if uh, melee stuff? I think that it looks like they're trying to address the um, rising critique that is there anything else? Because mm -hmm. obviously, like guns are the sole center of the, well, three mainline entries and obviously the spin offs uh, mm -hmm. that came alongside it as well. So people are getting like, okay, there's only so many types of guns and things you can do. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, it's how these magic spells that you've got uh, interact with the weapons you've got. It's the enemies and how they react to that. So you've got to use like balance different weaknesses and stuff like that. It's rather than just shoot everything in the face until it drops dead. It's now, <laughs> okay, cool. I've got to actually think a little bit more about positioning, about uh, supporting my uh, friends because you've got um, more support buff stuff now. Mm -hmm. But the melee focus stuff that I have seen it does look pretty interesting. It looks like mm -hmm. it goes into like a dive forward, smashing people, lots of like rampagey style bits. And I'm like, if no. this isn't just a special move, then yeah, I could find this being very, very fun. Mm. Um, I kind of hope that they don't add in tons of melee weapons because it is a gun centric game but that's not to say that they can't add a dabbling here and there to give it a bit yeah. of a freshness i'm kind of i'm curious because if you think about like first person melee stuff like riddick got it really right and then there's a game yeah. called like but then the skyrim got it horrendously wrong like yes, the amount exactly. of times that you just waft away and i'm just going oh please fall over <laughs> please fall over and it's like there was a game on xbox called like breakdown that i thought did first person melee fine and it's like ghostwire tokyo's next week that's going to be it but they're so rare it's really rare to do any sort yeah. of decent first person melee stuff or first person kinetic stuff in general that is you know melee focused so uh, yeah i guess i'm just curious about tiny tina's wonderlands i'll not be getting it it's one of the big major games that i'm just it's just not on my radar but um if you say it's awesome and if the general reviews say it's awesome i'll end up picking it up eventually I mean, this is this going back to uh, what we were talking about before. This is mm. actually a classic example of separating the art from the artist because yeah. 2K as a company, they're bloody stinky. <laughs> like the amount of like microtransactions that they put into stuff is absolutely yeah, heinous yeah. and I will always call them out for it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I love Borderlands enough to just be like, I'm sorry, I do want to play this game. I mm -hmm. do want to play this and I'm okay with that because yeah. I ain't going to be buying anything from them. And unless I get a review copy, I ain't paying for it in the first place. You know See, what I'm saying? It, it's funny in regards to I come from stuff. a privileged position of that sense of being a games <laughs> reviewer in that sense that I get that option. I understand yes. that. 
And it's like, in, yeah, in, in 2K's case, like I bought uh, 2K22, but I am not touching that card mode where you buy. Yeah, that can get packs. in the bin, mate. <laughs> it's single player as well. You can't even take it online. So what's the bloody point? I know. And it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a whole separate thing. But like in terms of microtransaction stuff, just say no. Just bring that yeah. back from the 90s. Just say no. Uh, but yes, massive thank you to everybody for sending in all their different questions. We had an absolute ton this week and we'll carry some over to next week as well. Um, but for now, it's been the Untitled Binder podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much. And you know, Scott, let's end this out the only way we know how, with a rousing cause of UBP. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.